Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Hey, by the book listeners, Kristen here. Did you know that you can receive a weekly by the book affirmation mini-sode plus the rules of every book that we've lived by? It's easy. All you have to do is become a member of our Patreon community. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash listen to buy the book. Again, that's patreon.com slash listen to buy the book or just look at the episode description from today's show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Yes, Kristen. How would you define the word toxic? Ooh, very fun question. Something that is toxic is poison. It's yucky. It's ugly. It's gross. It's bad for you. Ah, uh, yes. You are talking the Mr. Yuck sticker that we had as a kid. You're talking yes. poison. You're talking toxic waste. Yes. Exactly what I'm talking about. But did you know some people think being positive is toxic? What? No way. Those some people sure are not you, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are not. But there is a self-help author who is one of those people. Oh, interesting. I hope we're living by their book. We sure are, because I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And this is By the Book.
In each episode of By the Book, we choose a different self-help book to live by, follow it to the letter, and weigh in on whether or not it actually changed our lives. And today, we are living by Toxic Positivity, Keeping It Real in a World Obsessed with Being Happy by Whitney Goodman. Whitney Goodman is a therapist and founder of the Collaborative Counseling Center based out of Miami, Florida, whose work has been featured in the New York Times, New York Magazine, and more. In 2019, Goodman was scrolling on Pinterest when she became bothered by all of the self-help and inspirational quotes she saw being shared and reshared. She disliked the cutesy color palettes, and she worried that people in fragile states would feel dismissed and shamed upon seeing these supposedly uplifting quotes. So to combat these messages, Goodman made her own kind of inspiring post. She shared a chart in which she listed some of the positive Pinterest quotes under the category toxic positivity and offered alternative statements, which she hoped would provide validation and hope. This toxic positivity post immediately went viral, and Goodman went on to create toxic positivity posts on grief, racism, and many other important topics. And in early 2022, she published her first book on the subject, Toxic Positivity, Keeping It Real in a World Obsessed with Being Happy. In Toxic Positivity, Goodman makes clear that positivity isn't all bad. In fact, when used correctly, it can lead to a richer social life, healthier behaviors, and more active engagement with the world. However, somewhere along the way, we constructed the idea that being a positive person means being a robot who has to see the good in literally everything. We convinced ourselves the right attitude could cure issues ranging from dysfunctional workplaces to cancer, and we decided that the best way to give comfort, eradicate suffering, and offer motivation was to always and forever look on the bright side. The result? The suppressing rather than processing of painful emotions, the minimizing of others' experiences, and the denial of the powerful forces that uphold racism, homophobia, ableism, and other prejudices. But Goodman says it's possible to overcome this kind of toxic positivity and, rest assured, to do it without becoming a negative person along the way. She lays out her plan in toxic positivity. Here's how you do it. Step one, stop shaming yourself. Many of us believe we aren't allowed to feel bad because others have it worse than us, but that's not true. Our feelings, regardless of how they compare to others, are valid. So stop living in denial of your emotions. And instead of reciting affirmations that might ring false, like, I love myself, come up with ones that feel achievable, like, this is hard and I will get through it. Then, back up your new affirmations with action. Step two. Process your emotions. Emotional avoidance is exhausting and reduces your ability to face and tolerate necessary pain. So identify and label what you're feeling. Experience the full breadth of emotion while walking, crying, journaling, listening to music, or just breathing deeply. Focus on gratitude and perspective after focusing on your feelings, not the other way around. And consider sharing your emotions with those you trust while communicating what you need and respecting their boundaries. Step three, complain effectively. Excessive circular complaining can raise your blood pressure, keep you stuck on a problem, and negatively impact your relationships. So instead, aim to complain effectively. Pinpoint what's really bothering you. Identify the goal of your complaint, for example, to get advice or be validated. Choose the right audience. Decide if it's really worth complaining on this particular occasion. It may not be. And finally, if it is, be as direct and factual about your issues as possible. Step four, 
support someone. Inspirational idioms like everything happens for a reason tend to feel more dismissive than comforting. So when someone shares their pain with you, instead listen, aim to understand, affirm, and show empathy. If you're feeling uncomfortable with their emotions, examine why that is. Don't try to solve their problems unless they ask, and don't get defensive. Accept that you won't always say the right thing, and allow yourself to set boundaries when people are depleting you. Step five, beware discrimination with a smile. Systemic inequalities are far more responsible for people's circumstances than positive thinking, so stop associating health, wealth, and success with the right mindset. When talking about racism, homophobia, ableism, or any other type of prejudice, resist the urge to recite platitudes like, we're all just one race, the human race. Don't expect marginalized people to inspire you or be grateful. Above all, make space for difficult conversations, offer validation, educate yourself, and take action against the systems that have led us here. Step six, find fulfillment in a difficult world. The more people see happiness as a goal, the less happy they tend to be. So instead of aiming for a happiness-driven life, aim for a values-driven life. Prioritize the things, ideas, experiences, and people that are important to you. Allow your values to light your path and accept that they may change over time. Understand there will still be plenty of pain, but take comfort in knowing that you'll be living true to you and opening yourself up to the full range of human emotions. That's what the book says. And so that's what we did for two weeks straight. All righty, Jolenta. Let's start with you. How did you start off living by toxic positivity? All right. How did I start? I sort of did this in order, sort of. Uh, I started with step one. Yes. Step one is stop shaming yourself. Right. And so the book says to stop shaming yourself. You got to stop trying to deny all the negative feelings you have. And I have so many of those, Kristen. I feel shitty about the state of the world from COVID to global warming. It's a lot. And I definitely feel pressure to act like this angst isn't all consuming or that like I can handle it with a smile and strength. But like the truth is I can't. So instead of calling myself a stupid failure when I spiral about this shit, I came up with a new affirmation to help get me on the right track. And here I am sharing it with Brad. So you know how like most affirmations are like, like, I'm healthy. I will achieve great things. Like, I'm like smiling, it'll happen. Oh, like mantras of... Right, like positive affirmations. Ones that are like... Kind of bullshitty. Mm. This book says to come up with your own that's more achievable. Mm. Um, So you want to hear what I came up with? Yes. Okay, here it is. It is... I'm doing my best to find humor in even the stupidest situations. I like that. It's like more achievable. I'm doing my best. I'm not always finding it. Yeah. Not always gonna. Yeah, some, sometimes there's no humor, but mm-hmm. in all the situations you can, you're going to try to find some gonna humor. Try to like find a little light, a little levity. Oh, that's good. Not like a lot of light. Yeah, it's like a much less, it's a much more realistic version of always look on the sunny side or something. But right. like, it's, it's more like you. Occasionally, more you'll be able to make fun of this bullshit yeah that's and good. i i can i can deal with that and that can make me feel a little better as opposed to like i'm healthy because like i'm not right exactly 
Ooh, I like it. I like it. It's very you. Um, yes, comedian slash storyteller, Jolenta Greenberg. She finds humor in the absurdity and terribleness of the world. So uh, that's very you and, and very realistic. Stop. Thank you. So what did you do after that? After that, it was time to process my emotions, Kristen. Processing your emotions is step two. Mm-hmm. And for this, I did some walking and thinking with my little dog. The book says, you know, that can help process things. Like, I knew I was angsty, and I knew I needed to have a sense of humor about shit, but what was I really angsty about? What was gnawing at me? So I walked, and I thought, and I walked, and I thought, and it took me like two days of intermittent walking to nail things down. And ultimately, I ended up on, like, mostly, I feel helpless. Like, It's hard to feel like totally at the mercy of, you know, society and a society that like has chosen to believe like masking is not necessary in public places when that makes those places not accessible to lots of at-risk folks, you know, that kind of stuff. And also I felt helpless because, uh, During the first week, Brad had a close family member that was really not doing well, and I wasn't going to be able to go visit them or go with him to visit his family during this difficult time because, like, it's unsafe to travel. Again, helpless. So after I got clear on all of those feelings, I called my mom and told her how I felt because the book says you should tell someone you trust. (laughs) And I also had to warn her that, like, I might be staying with her at, like, any moments noticed in case Brad left because, like, I need help with the dog and I need someone to hang out with. So here is my side of that call because I wasn't, like, quick enough to put it on speaker when I realized I should be recording. (laughs) Right. I feel, like, angry, like, this is not fair and sort of helpless, like, I have no agency like you know I just sit here and get the news and like stay here (laughs) I know and I feel bad because like you that also like leaves like you out of things and like it just sucks that my condition like traps us here I'm sorry yeah but at least I'll be able to be with you I'm grateful for that Oh, Jolenta, mm-hmm. are you practicing mm-hmm. gratitude? That's toxic. Whoa, no. The book says it's not toxic if you do it after you, you know, <laughs> process your emotions. Okay, okay, And okay. I feel like since it happened naturally while I was processing them, I was doing it the way the book said, right? Okay, okay, okay. All right, I'll give that to you. <laughs> I'm glad you caught it, though. I, I definitely caught that. That was some Kristen Meinzer shit you were doing there. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you do after that? After that, I did step four. And that is support someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once I got my shit out, I felt like I was able to be there to support Brad because he was the one going through, like, a much more rough time emotionally than myself, you know? I uh, wanted to be there for him. So basically, I just did my best to follow the book's instructions. You know, I tried to provide empathy. I tried to be understanding. I helped only when he asked me to help, like, make a little video with him. And basically, I was just sort of a sounding board while he sifted through his feelings. And 
because I'm not a monster, I did not record these interactions, Kristen. <laughs> I was like, I don't need to like exploit his pain, but I will exploit him after some pain has happened. So at the end of the week, I checked in with him and asked him if he felt like I'd been being supportive. You've been really, really helpful and sweet and kind. You've just been kind. Well, good. I've been trying to be. Really? Yeah. Did you just do not just book? for the book. No, 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 no. This, this is not just for the book. It's just I wanted to check in and make sure. Like, these are, the book is just. Good news, Jolie. The book works. No, no, no. This is just to re, the book is reaffirming a lot of my instincts, especially when it comes to how to support other people, which is like. So glad. <laughs> I love how Brad always, when faced with utter kindness and support from mm-hmm. you. Always just mm-hmm. like, excuse me, what is up here? Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad that like all of my support throughout the week was like immediately second guessed when I like held a mic to his face and was like, tell me, was I supportive? Because I didn't <laughs> want him to think I was only supportive because the book was telling me to be and like I wouldn't have done it on my own. Because I would have, Brad, and everyone. <laughs> But it was nice to know I was doing a good job until, like, me asking if I was doing okay sort of, like, backfired. Mm, I don't know. Were you being toxic in the end there, Jolenta? Were you looking to be affirmed instead of the other way around? I might have been. But it was my turn to be affirmed. I don't know. Speaking of turns, let's get on to your turn. I am so curious about how you lived by this book, your thoughts, everything. How did your first week go of living by toxic positivity? Were you positively toxic? (laughs) Well, Jolenta, I got to be honest with you. Rather than jump right into living by this book like I usually do, I sat around stewing. I Mm. stewed and walked. I stewed and watered plants. I stewed and washed the dishes with Dean. Listen. There's something that's really bugging me about this new book Jolenta and I are supposed to be living by. And what's that? I I don't know. I can't quite put my finger on it. But the book is called Toxic Positivity. And I guess I like the idea of the book in theory. But, I mean... But, but is that because the book is toxic? Just like Britney Spears sings? <laughs> no. Oh. So, yeah, I was stewing, and I didn't really know why, but then, eventually, it occurred to me, it might be that my Minnesota culture just did not fit into the author's worldview, and I decided to complain about that to my friend Sarah back home in Minnesota. And uh, complaining effectively is step three. Good job. Yes. Take a listen. I mean, I don't know if it's because I'm Minnesotan or what, but a lot of what this book seems to find toxically positive, quote unquote, is what you and I grew up doing. I mean, having a sense of perspective, not dwelling too long on irritations, then getting up and doing the tough work that needs to be done. You know what I mean? Is, is the way Minnesotans approach things the most healthy? I'm not sure. But it could always be worse. Oh, that's such a Minnesotan thing to say, though. <laughs> it could always be worse. No, this book literally tells us not to say it could be worse, which is essentially the state motto of Minnesota. 
<laughs> it really is. And, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know why that is, but that's not how I would see toxic positivity because I think we can also be really big downers here. <laughs> It's just that at the end of whatever you're complaining about, you have to acknowledge that it could be worse. Oh, yeah. As a person who comes from a family where, like, more than one person died in a mine collapse, it could be worse. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like, is this, I mean, we think this is funny. Like, do other people not see this as also kind of funny? Maybe we're not toxic. Maybe we just have a really good sense of humor. I I never take it as someone telling me not to take my life seriously. But I do take people who tell me to take CBD oil for every ailment I've ever had. That's kind of toxically positive. Oof, I do have to agree with your friend Sarah. People prescribing CBD oil and meditation to everyone with every ailment is for sure toxic. Yes, and... Sarah, by the way, has cancer. She doesn't need your CBD oil, people. If you prescribe kombucha one more time to (laughs) to Sarah, she's going to be so mad. Just don't do it. She doesn't care about your SCOBY. No, she doesn't. Wow. I do have to say something else I noticed that Sarah said struck a chord with me. She said that Minnesotans complain first, then say it could be worse, not the other way around. And according to the book, that is what we are supposed to do. Like, you do get it out and then sort of Minnesotan over it. That is very true. And so after that phone call, I admit it, I had to concede. What bugged me about the book had nothing to do with my Minnesota culture, even if that was my first instinct. So I gave it more thought. I reread the rules. And then it hit me. Maybe what really bugs me about this book is that it encourages people to wallow too much for my taste. Wallow in Mm. their poor me stuff. Self-pity. Yeah, yeah. And so I decided to test out that theory by visiting my friend Kim. Now, truth be told, Kim has every reason in the world to wallow. Uh, In the past year alone, she lost her job, her partner died, and her landlord ended her lease— And on top of all that, she's recently been dealing with some terrible health issues. So I decided to offer support in the way the book says. Ah, yes. Offer support. That is step four. Yes. And for this, I did my very best to give her all the space she needed to wallow and be full of self-pity, even if wallowing is not my thing. But the funny thing is, she did not bite. Throughout all of this, an allergic reaction, a staph infection running around from doctor to doctor, you actually keep looking on the bright side. Um, I'm curious, do you feel like you give yourself the space to process everything that's terrible and agonizing? Or do you feel like you have some pressure you put on yourself to look on the bright side? Had some really bad medical experiences in the past, so comparative value is very useful here. Um, I know what it's like when things are really going wrong and you feel like no one's hearing you. And I know when it's ru- what it feels like when someone does hear you and they do see you as a person and they recognize your humanity and they are caring for you. And I think I am so touched and blown away and grateful for those moments because I know how the compass could tilt and it could go in a very different direction. And I've had people who've sent me get well packages and just to focus on 
how much love there is and how much care there is helps to play counterpoint to all of these terrible things that are happening. So, yeah, I swear I was supporting Kim the way the book <laughs> says. I really was. I was trying to give mm -hmm. her all that space to say what she needed to. But you just heard her. All she did was express gratitude again and again and again. Ah, uh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. So I couldn't blame the book for making people wallow. In this instance, there was zero wallowing at all. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you definitely did what the book said. It says to like, what, understand, affirm, show empathy. Like you yeah. do that. You're doing it in the clip. You always do it. And, you know, meeting people where they are sometimes maybe isn't wallowing. Yeah. Well, it wasn't in Kim's case. Yeah. So what did you do after that? Well, I wondered, was there some icky privilege aspect to this Ooh. book that was rubbing me the wrong way? Because Let's be real. More often mm. than not, the books we live by have loads of issues when it comes to privilege. Totally. And um, so I decided to embark on step five to see if maybe there was some privilege Ooh. buried deep in the step that seemingly is not about privilege. Interesting. Turning a step against its creator, the book. Yes. <laughs> step five is beware discrimination with a smile. Yes. And was the book discriminating? <laughs> For this, I asked several people I know to tell me very frankly, bluntly, honestly, mm. the ways that I personally might be contributing to systemic inequalities in the world. On Facebook, I had an interaction with Stephen Thrasher. He's the author of The Viral Underclass. Mm. And he told me that every time I choose to stay in an individual's rental apartment rather than a hotel, I'm contributing to housing shortages and higher rents for locals. I also chatted with a friend who said... They really wish I was more vocal as far as showing support for student loan forgiveness because mm. it primarily benefits low-income and first-generation college students like I once was. And why yeah. wouldn't I be more loud and proud about, you know, this loan forgiveness? And since it was primary election season, I also talked with every single campaign worker who called me yes. or grabbed <laughs> me on the street. And when they stopped me, I said, what is your candidate planning to do to tackle the systemic inequalities in New York? And I took everything they said very seriously. And uh, I agreed to do more research on what everybody told me, everybody from Stephen Thrasher to those campaign workers. Wow. That sounds like a lot of work, a lot of conversations, a lot of tough conversations that I, like, really respect you for having. Lots of people, like, run away from those, and you're, like, inviting them, which is, I think, very progressive. Thank you. And mm -hmm. frankly, um, I appreciate your respect and I admit it. I respect the author for including this stuff <gasps> in the book. I have no complaints about this stuff. I think it's a great step. Interesting. Kristen, it sounds like we're getting to the end of your first week and you still don't even know what's bugging you about this book. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I thought I would have cracked open the mystery yeah. in week one, but I clearly didn't. But I did keep my snooping going in week two and I may or may not have found the answer. Of course. Very interesting. Can't wait to hear it. But before we get to that, have you lived by toxic positivity? What are your thoughts about it? Did it work for you? Share your story with us at facebook.com slash group slash BTB pod. That's our private Facebook group. It has amazing discussions. Uh, and if you're not on Facebook, you can always hit us up via email, Kristen and Jolenta at gmail.com.
You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. We are back in Jolenta. It is time to hear all about your second week of living by toxic positivity. Tell us about it. All right. For my second week, I was done supporting Brad, and I was back (laughs) to dealing with my own despair about the state of the world. (laughs) And before I got too carried away, I thought I should do step three to feel a little more productive and a little less helpless. Uh, Yes. Step three is complain effectively. Right. And the book says to identify our problems so we can then effectively complain. And here I am trying to just figure that out with myself. Okay. So I think a big part of what is bothering me is that I can't safely travel with Brad to be with family right now. Why is that? Because of the pandemic. Duh. Um, But it's more than that, I guess. Like, part of why I can't travel is because of ableism and and poorly distributed information. And I guess I want people to be aware that, like, our new normal, we're all going to get it mindset is making life, like, impossible for some disabled people and people at higher risk of complications and, like, What really bums me out is the fact that things that could be considered, like, small behavioral adjustments are being touted as, like, impossible to maintain or going backwards. So I want to address, like, that problematic mindset. Okay, I think, I think I figured out the problem. I think you did get some more, Jolenta. It sounds like you were very specific and you identified the problem. Thank you. And so I still wasn't quite sure how to turn that into an like active, effective complaint. So I did step six to help me get a better idea. And step six is finding fulfillment in a difficult world. Mm-hmm. And this step recommends that you let your values light your path. So I actually went back to step one to get that little affirmation for a little value check, you know? And my affirmation was, I'm doing my best to find humor in even the stupidest of situations. So with that lighting my way, I tried my hand at a humorous way to debunk some of the ideology used to justify treating masking like a, you know, debilitating task. And since imitation is the most sincere form of flattery, I decided to just make some cutesy, like, inspiring, quote-looking pictures, debunking these excuses and questions that come up about masking and the pandemic. 
So here I am showing Brad my first attempt. And it's like this pretty quote saying, what did immunocompromised people do before the pandemic? In like cursive writing. And then under it in a more like cutesy, like hipster font, it says, well, there wasn't a pandemic before, was there? These are still unprecedented times. Let's focus on stopping the spread before acting like we should be okay with current death and transmission rates, okay? So here I am showing that to Brad. Okay, yeah. That's really important. That stylistic yeah. stuff is really important, right? I think, to yeah. have this look very kind of like, la-di-da, and then have your tone be very much like, like no. sweetly, you're silly. Yes. I saw that, Jolenta, and I loved it because it almost looked like a wedding invitation. Right. Some Instagram inspo, some Pinterest board, like pastels. There's like splotchy colors in the background. It looks like paint splattered. If you believe it, you can be it. No, this is the truth about immunocompromised people. That's what you're getting, suckers. Heyo. <laughs> so with my initial audience of one, like, tickled, I was like, great, let's keep this success rolling in. And I made another inspiring quote to do step five. And step five is beware discrimination with a smile. Mm-hmm. And like your friend was saying in your first week about, like, just take CBD oil. Uh, <laughs> now that I am, like, disabled and chronically ill, I have encountered some discrimination with a smile like that. Especially when I tweet about how, like, masking in public should be encouraged. I've gotten a lot of comments about, like, moving my body more and, like, thinking positively and, like, gut health. <laughs> Just drink some kombucha, Jolenta, and stop whining. <laughs> yeah, in, or, in order to make just like any any issues with the pandemic disappear. All you have to do is like <laughs> meditate right. So I made this little quote art addressing this subject. And here I am again showing my, my only audience member, Brad. Why don't you just take vitamins and positive and use your mind to strengthen your immune system if you're still scared of COVID? Do you truly think health is a matter of will? Yeah. Do you hear yourself? Get your shit together and stop it with this ableist nonsense. Yeah, I think that's good. Right? And I really like the styling and the font. Thank you, right? Like, I'm trying to make it really fit in with the, like, milieu. Thank you. Nice. Look at you keeping it going, keeping that humor up, Jolenta, Mm -hmm. telling some hard truths. Right. Yeah. So after, again, I'm two for two with my test audience, to end my second week, I went back up to step three. Which is complain effectively. Mm -hmm. And I posted my beautiful quote graphics along with a few others I made. Put them up on Instagram and Twitter in order to fully get, like, my humorous complaints out into the world. Oh, beautiful. Like I said, I saw them. I love them. And that is such a great way to finish up living by this book. Why, thank you. Okay, Kristen, I'm so excited to hear about your second week of Living by Toxic Positivity. When we left off, you still hadn't managed to figure out what was bugging you about this book. That is right. And when week two came around, I still did not know. Mm -hmm. But I kept living by the book as I tried to figure it out, starting with step six. And that is find fulfillment in a difficult world. Nice. Yes. And for this... 
Dean and I did all the things that, to us, make life worth living. We laughed. We went on walks. We spent time with friends. uh, We binged a TV show. We helped out a neighbor with their plumbing. We literally went to their house and helped with a leak. Oh, my gosh. Wow. We tried Dole Whip for the first time. Have you ever had Dole Whip? I don't even know what that is. It's this pineapple coconut sorbet concoction that used to only be sold in Disneyland, and now they sell it on my corner, and it is so delicious. Oh, it sounds good. I mean, I like pineapple. I like coconut. I like sorbet. I like cups, so put them all in one. (laughs) So, so good. But enough about Dole Whip. Right, After that, we also mapped out a few more things that we want to do for our fulfilling life in the coming year. Mm -hmm. Family. Definitely family. I think we need to see my family in Minnesota. It's been three years. It's been a long time. It's been since before the stupid pandemic and and my friends there. My friends and my family in Minnesota. But um, And New Zealand. We need to go to New Zealand. Oh, my God, yes. I love FaceTiming your mom, but it's not the same. It's not the same. And we've, um, I've, I've done a bad job keeping up with my sister. Like, we should just, those, those things would be more fulfilling if we could do them more often. What if we saw your BFF Dale in Toronto? Do you think we could do that? I mean, I owe him a trip. You He'll haven't be grumpy seen, if I don't go. You haven't seen him since our wedding, which I mean, was... Toronto's much easier than New Zealand to get to from here. I've always wanted to go to Toronto. Well, let's go. We can find a way. That's so great. I I love that you're planning out your fulfillment. And yeah. it seems like... It's all like really great, sweet things like family and love and like friends. Yeah, I got to say it was really fun. But then it hit me, the thing that was really bugging me about the book. What? Fulfillment? (laughs) (laughs) Listen. Honey, I think I figured it out. Figured what out? Why this book has been eating at me. Does it have teeth? (laughs) Is it like one of those Harry Potter books? No, it's just been like bugging me and I think I know why. You know how you and I came up the other day with actionable steps for how to live a fulfilling life in the coming months? Yes. Well, we had to come up with those steps. The book did not come up with them and I guess that's fine. But the bigger issue is that the book has no actionable steps for how to use one's positivity in a productive way. The book says from the get-go, not all positivity is bad. In fact, it can lead to better health, better relationships when it's enlisted in the right way. But what is the right way? (laughs) The book does not tell us what is the right way. But the title is Toxic Positivity. It's only talking about the toxic bit. Well... What is the use of that for people like me and you and Kim and Sarah and most of the people we surround ourselves with? What about a book called Productive Positivity? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to reading your book. How exciting. When you, <laughs> you did it! And that makes sense. That makes sense. Obviously, I don't feel like anything's missing because I don't have any positivity to worry about being productive with. But for people like you and a lot of other Minnesotans, perhaps, (laughs) and a lot of the people like in your orbit, yeah, that makes perfect 
sense. Yeah. What am I supposed to do with this positivity? Tell me. You have all this positivity. You're full of, you're bursting with it. You want to use it correctly. You don't want to like shame people or deny anything, but the book does not tell you how to do it the right way. It just goes like, sure, it's not all bad. You are left out. Yes. Where am I in this book? Make it about me. (laughs) Oh, poor Kristen. (laughs) And I like to think that that revelation Please, Jolenta, give me a pass. Counts as step two. Oh, fully. Step two is process your emotions. Yeah, you figured everything out. You thought it out. I like it. Totally. Thank you. What did you do after that? Well, I finally got around to step one, a.k.a. to stop shaming yourself. And here I am with zero shame, yelling my lack of shame on my balcony to my neighborhood. Brooklyn. Good morning, Brooklyn. Hello, neighbors. I am positive. I am positive. I look on the bright side. I suck the nectar out of life. I see the beauty in everything around me. I count my blessings and I don't care if anybody, including the author of this book, thinks I'm toxically positive. Uh, I don't care if the author hates the way Dean and I and our friends deal with the world. Until she can give me real steps on how to do positivity better, I'll do things my own way. And without shame, without shame, without shame, I am not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. What on earth are you doing? I am not ashamed. I know. And that, Jolenta, is how I ended my second week of living by toxic positivity. She's not ashamed. Owning my positivity, being productive with my positivity, owning my frustration with the author, being my full positive self. I love it. I love it. I want to talk so much more about owning it and your discovery with this book, but that is like very verdicty. So I feel like we should not yet. No, not quite yet because we need to take a break first. But before that, reminder, we love it when all of you out there rate and review us in whatever podcatcher you're using. You know, those five stars, I don't know what it is about them. They just like fill me with sparkle and love, positive love. They help other people find the show too. Yes. They positively do. Not toxic at all. (laughs) Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Okay, Jolenta, it's time to get down to business. Did toxic positivity actually work? Would we recommend it? I have to say, first and foremost, I do wish this book's advice was a bit more actionable. 
Uh, there are bullet-pointed things at the end of each chapter, but they're like deep thought questions and not like, here's what we learned bullet points, which is what I wanted. And, you know, as much as this book like made me feel seen, it did still read like what we tend to dislike on this show, a social media post or two that went viral and then got optioned to be a book. Mm. 100% agree. You know, you can tell that there's some good nuggets there, but they were stretched within an inch of their lives in order to meet a word count. Yes, yes. So you'd think within that word count, we could have done some more actionable bullet-pointed lists. That aside, I felt very seen by this book. I felt like I deal with the themes of this book a lot. And weirdly, this book deals with the themes of this show, you know, advice that may look great on paper, but leave you feeling inadequate or like ashamed of yourself. And as like a newly disabled person, this book made me feel like super seen. The amount of like dismissive platitudes and bullshit masquerading as like positive sentiment can be so degrading and discouraging sometimes when you're like trying to be like, oh, like it was annoying because like my leg went numb walking down the street today. You want someone to be like, that sucks. Not like, at least you have one good leg. And it's like, I just need uh, that sucks for one minute. And like, I know it sucks to hear, but sometimes being honest, like people who present like like, you know, Kristen or Brad, even my partner who is like disturbingly optimistic, like they can be hard for people like me who are a little less less uh, outwardly positive to be around. Like, you know, I used to be happier, not as happy as Brad or Kristen, but like circumstances I feel like have like stripped me of that. And it feels like my existence gets like ignored or frowned upon when, when you know, like positivity platitudes get thrown my way. So it was nice to feel, again, seen and be given some tools for like what to do with all of that angst, you know? Like, I was able to to take some of that anger and helplessness and make it into, like, a little fucking Instagram post and, like, get it out. So I would recommend this book if you're sick of hearing, like, it could be worse. But if you're not sick of it and you love hearing it, which, like, I'm sure is 50% of the population, like, you know, then it's not for you as Kristen clearly illustrated. But what about you, Kristen? I need to know all of your thoughts. I need to know when your Productive Positivity book is coming out. <laughs> I need to know everything. Well, first, I got to start off saying that this book is not 100% terrible. There are a couple of good points in this book. Like, yes, it is good to acknowledge our feelings rather than pretending they don't exist. I don't think there's any good in that. Mm -hmm. And it's absolutely imperative that we not practice discrimination with a smile. I think that's really important. Or do, you know, that toxic stuff that my friend Sarah mentioned, like, hey, you have cancer? Have you tried CBD oil? You know, it's like, let's not do that. <laughs> Meditation. Yeah, that's not going to fix cancer or social injustices. It's just not going to do it. But that being said, Mm -hmm. I took issue with a lot of other things about this book. Everybody knows that already. We've already made right. that clear. Yeah. But one thing I haven't talked about yet is how bad the writing is. It yeah. is just terrible. It is so repetitive. The first three chapters keep saying the same thing, which are, 
coming up in the upcoming chapters, but it's actually just like repeating the same thing. And then when those chapters actually happen, they're just kind of repeating the coming up thing that we just got done reading. Yeah. And I I don't understand like this kind of bad writing. Like how how did this get a pass? How did this sell so many copies? It's such terrible writing. It's so bad. It's so it's, bad. It's our classic, you know, social media stretched into a book, right? Yeah, it could have been six tweets and somehow it's, you know, 6,000 words. I don't know. Yeah, I do. I do see your point. It was super, especially the intro kept like being like another intro chapter. Why? Oh my God. How many intro chapters are we getting? And then you get, like you said, you get to the meat and it's just a sort of paraphrase as the intro chapter that like sort of gave you a taste of what the meat would be. And you're like, oh, okay. So that was all there was the whole time. Yes. Yes. But beyond the writing, as I made clear in my two weeks, I also took issue with the fact that the book is so focused on the negative. And by that, I mean (laughs) the author says from the get-go that not all positivity is bad and that when used correctly, it can lead to, quote, a richer social life, healthier behaviors, and more active engagement with the world. But then she never bothers to tell us how do we do this kind of healthy positivity? How are we to use this positivity in a productive way? Instead, she just says, don't be toxically positive. Don't be Mm -hmm. toxically positive. But it's like, how can we be productively positive? I just needed more of that. Where is that? You wanted some more guidance. Like for those of us who can muster some positivity or perhaps have some despair, like how do we sling it around so it doesn't like hurt people or shame people? Yeah, I just, yeah, I I, I have all this positivity. I want to use it. <laughs> so you positively don't seem to love this, though. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Correct. And I have no shame about it. No. And even though there are a couple of good points in this book, I did not love it. Mm-hmm. Maybe for someone suffering from toxic positivity, though, it will work. And and hats off to you if this book works for you and, and if it serves you well. But as I said to Dean, what I really need to do is read a book called Productive Positivity. And as Dean said, maybe I have to be the one to write it. Yeah. So far, we don't think it exists. <laughs> And that's it for this episode of By the Book. Huge, huge thanks to our amazing production team at Stitcher, Corinne Wallace, Marcus Hom. Thanks also to Nate Wida, who composed our theme song, and to the Rizzos, who positively perform it. Please stay in touch with us. Let us know what you think of the books we're living by. Have you read Toxic Positivity? What were your thoughts? Did it change your life? Did it not change your life? Send it to us all at kristinandjalenta at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at ByTheBookPod. While you're there, be sure to check out Jolenta's latest posts, those uh, pushbacks against toxic positivity. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jolenta Greenberg. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Bye. Stitcher. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.